we're back in business. We're rolling. Hey, welcome back to the Hunting Roots Podcast, brought to you by OnX. I've got two young studs in here with me today. I've got Remy, and I've got Aiden, and it's a special day in the Swisher house, because today is Aiden's 17th birthday. We are fired up for you, Aiden. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. It's going to be a big time. We always hunt together. Today, we didn't get to have much success, unfortunately. Uh, We've hunted together on your birthday, man. There's been a few times we didn't get to do it when you were up in the public school system, but gosh, I think I started taking you hunting with me when we were, when you were three years old out in Montana, I'd put you in the backpack. You'd be riding a little bad. I had a Badlands pack backpack that I could stick you down in it, zip it up. And I would throw you on my back and we'd just take off and go. We'd look for elk and deer. And you were three years old. I remember that first year we took you and it was big stuff. Been doing it ever since. So happy birthday to you. Rimbo, how you doing this week? Good. You fired up about it. You know what this weekend is? No. Are you kidding me? You Actually, miss- yeah, I know what it is. What is it? Tell everybody. It's the uh, youth hunt um, for big buck or doe contest. It's a Tennessee youth hunt, the juvenile hunt for Tennessee. Statewide deer hunt for the kids ages 6 to 16. And, man, this one's a fun one for us. We, we've enjoyed this. Sadly, this is Aiden's first year not to be eligible. He's now out, a few days out, uh, turning 17 today. Uh, but it's for 6 to 16. Remy loves this one. Easton loves this one. He's not in here with us. He's getting ready for some shindigs going down here in a bit. But we've looked forward to this one for a lot of years. Avery used to go, or our sweet sister Avery, she would go, and she's killed her fair share deer on the youth hunt. All of you have uh, scored on the youth on the youth season and good time. So that's this Saturday and Sunday. We'll be taking advantage of that. And as you mentioned, Remy, there's the big buck and big doe contest we're doing with the local chapter of the Jakes, Tennessee River Longbeard's Jake's program for NWTF will be doing a big buck, big dose. So if you're hearing this and you're close to the Paris, Tennessee area, want to bring your big buck, small buck, big doe, whatever you got, bring it out, show it off. Uh, it'll be free membership signups for the Jake's. Every kid coming out, get signed up for being part of the Jake's program. We'll probably have some prizes and giveaways like we always do, and so be sure to do that. It's going to be a big time, though, so we got a couple of days away from that. But I want this this episode just to be kind of a quick recap of our season thus far. We've killed some does. We've had some big times. No big bucks, really. Uh, I think we've had, what do we had two hunts. You guys have both seen the big eight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Aiden and Remy both have been on hunts that involved the big eight-pointer. Me and Remy were set up in a spot on the field, and, and big eight-pointer come out, and it was probably, what, 150, 200 yards out across there. It was exactly in front of the – other stand we chose not to hunt that that afternoon just because of the wind direction and uh, and it fortunately it worked out for us. I mean, not that we got to get in on the action, but we got to see him. He would not have come out with that wind if we'd been in that stand he walked in front of. So we saw him on that particular evening in cornfield cut corn, and then Aiden had him. I don't know, Aiden. You tell me the story. What was it? Twenty five yards. You had him. It was a very very close yards. call. Almost had him, and he got right in the way of a branch, and so I moved over to shoot him and. He ran off. I think he saw me move or something, but a real close encounter. He came out in the cornfield. How far was he when he first came out, or how far was he when you first saw him? When I first saw him, I mean, he's 100 yards to my left, and he was coming towards a group of does that were, you know, 50 yards away, and he came in, and he started closing in on 20 yards. and Yeah, that was it. And so you got the full draw, had him right there, branching away. You went to move, try to get maneuvered for the shot to get around that branch and he caught you and exited the premises 
That was a close encounter, and that's a good buck. He's just a big, tall tined eight pointer, beautiful deer, and we've, like I said, we've seen him. We saw him back in velvet season, uh, saw him back preseason scouting, and then we've seen him twice, I guess, during hunts. And so, looking forward to that one, Remy. That one very well could be a buck to pop out in the field with a gun in your hand this weekend. We'll see. Uh, I know we got a lot of rain in the forecast. This, I think, Saturday and Sunday is supposed to be pretty rainy, so we may slide from tree stand hunting to some ground blinds and just to hide out and stay more comfortable and uh, just cozy and comfortable in those ground blinds are kind of nice for youth hunts so we can get everybody in there guns tripods camera gear and ground blinds a great way to go so we'll see we got a lot of rain in the mix but uh, we go ahead Remy I, I can see you ready to say something go ahead uh, last year when it was velvet hunt season when uh, uh, your back was like all bad and stuff yeah. Or was that two years? I don't remember. That was last year. That was but last year. COVID. I uh, think that buck, you, uh, the eight pointer you were talking about, was pro- could be the big six that we said lo- was last year. Big six turned into big eight. Mm-hmm. Could be. Yeah. Big six was a big wide six pointer. And he, yeah, I mean, he could be hanging out in the same spot and doing the same thing. So could be big six turned into big eight. We will see, hopefully, this weekend. But we have had. Like I said, we've had some great hunts this year, close calls on a couple different scenarios, nothing on the last little bit as far as big buck encounters other than the big eight. Uh, we've shot a few does, and that's been fun. I've killed two does now, killed one first week of season with a buddy of mine, went out to his place, and we got just got in some on some action and uh, shot a big doe in a clover plot, 33 yards, and it was a great start to the season. That was, like I said, that was, I think, the third or fourth day of the, of the season, and uh, it was a good way to start, shed some blood, get the season rolling, knock the dust off, and uh, just have a big time with that. That was first week of the season, and then we've rolled through a couple more hunts. I missed a doe. I know the second week I shot high right over top of one's back, cut some hair off his back, I think, her back. And that was one of those hunts, man, we talked about it, where I just I forced it, you know, just forcing the shot. And if we could ever learn, if I could ever learn to not just force a shot, get in that panic mode and feel like I've got to shoot, and that's what that was that night. I, I drew back and squirmed around in my stand trying to shoot over a big oak limb that was hanging off. And I, I could feel the bowstring on at full draw on the limb. And, again, I'm just like, I can do it. I can feel I mean, the, when I drop the string, it's coming off that limb. No big deal. It's not going to affect it. Knowing good and well when I shoot and that limb is going to bounce off that string or that, that string's going to bounce off that limb. And, and that's what happened. And, you know, just forcing the shot, trying to make it happen. Now or never kind of deal in my mind, and that's that's man. We just got to slow down. I, I know I get in that mindset of got to kill it, got to kill it now. It's just that killer instinct, and if I can ever learn just to control that and not force that shot, make it happen. She might have walked out in another opening. She was headed toward a spot where it probably been uh, a lot more open. Could have made the shot, but uh, just slowing down, and it bites me every year. I miss several deer. Every year over that situation, just forcing the shot, trying to make it happen too quick, too soon, and in a hurry. And it, it usually ends up crap show. And uh, so that's the deal. Remy's been chomping at the bit, though, this year. He's been anxious to kill some deer. And, and man, I've, I've been proud of your, just your drive, Remy, wanting to go. And you hate when it's somebody else's turn to go and, and you get, you know, you get left at home. Uh, but I love your passion for it. And, it finally paid off, didn't it? We we had a couple hunts, and it was just slow. We went to some of our favorite spots, and nothing happened. But what happened a few weeks ago, I guess it was, when did you shoot that big doe? Two weeks ago? 
uh, closer to like the beginning of October, I think. No, no, no. It no. was that was that was close to the opener there. You were, I think, two weeks ago, and uh, corn's cutting his field week and a half maybe, and uh, hadn't been long. We'll look it back up. But Remy finally got to drop the string, and he's hunting with a crossbow. He's not hunting with the regular compound just because of uh, need a little more mojo in his compound before he starts hanging and hunting with it. But uh, hunting with a little crossbow we've got at the Mission Sub One crossbow bad little dude and i mean it's just a thumper of a crossbow and that's what we were set up in and this year your goal was to do what this year remy how to hunt from a different way what was it uh how to hunt from a tree stand you wanted to hunt from a tree stand you've killed them in the ground blind you've killed them in a shooting house but this year you wanted to climb up an actual tree stand hunt from elevated tree stand position open air tree stand so that's what we did we climbed up Got a little ladder stand we put just for that scenario. And uh, cut cornfield. We're in the stand, and we don't have tripod or even a shooting rail. We just kind of had to the right side. On the field side, we had a bunch of cedar branches we took this this stand into. And you basically just had to kind of set your crossbow up on top of these cedar branches, just kind of a a canopy of cedar branches there to shoot off of. And and that's what happened, man. We're in the the stand, and what popped out? Uh, Pretty big doe. And what were your thoughts when you saw the doe for the first time up there in that stand, 15 I, feet off the ground? I was like, dang, she's close. She was close. She mm-hmm. came out about 20 yards, just perfect. Lord laid it right out there in front of us, 20, 25 yards. Came just perfect. And surprisingly enough, I mean, she, she looked up at us one time. Like, Remy had to stand up and pretty much stand up in the in the buddy stand or little buddy ladder stand. So he was on my right side, and the deal was he's going to have to stand up and basically stand up, put your knee on the pl- seat so you can kind of square up for the shot and kind of shoot out that right side as a right-handed shooter. And that's what you did. You stood up, and you started to turn. And when your when your pants or your leg brushed against that foam seat, it kind of made a noise, and she snapped up there and looked right at us. And I thought, oh, crap. It's over. Done deal. Big old mature doe looking at us at 20 yards. Two big old thugs up there in the cedar tree. But she looked up, didn't see us, and... That stand does blend in really good. Aiden, you find it in it. It's it you disappear sitting up there because again we've got it tucked up against the cedar tree, looking into the woods, and uh, you just can't see it. I mean, it's just a hole up there, black hole when they look up into it. But she looked up at us, nothing. Went back to her doing her deal. Steps out there a few more, and we get the crossbow up. You get lined up, squared up, and safety flipped off. We finally got the safety down pat. You remember that bit of last year? I guess it was. Oh, yeah. We went to shoot and didn't have the safety off and. That was horrible. That little buck, I think, saw you just flinch on the Could have shot because you just didn't have a safety off. You went to squeeze and nothing. And when we finally got safety off, he took off. This year, you've been really diligent. Now, you, it's just safety off. You know, you, you've been asking. And and so, got the safety off, lined up. And I think he shot her. Did you shoot her for 30? I tell you, shoot her for 30. Yeah. 30 pin. Yeah, because by the time we got her squared around, she was 25 or 30. And tell me about it. You got it laid out. What happened? Uh, so we got the 30 pin right on her, then we sh- shoot her. She runs off a little bit, then we see, like, blood just, like, little, like, handful of blood just. Pouring. Mm-hmm. Pouring, yeah, she ran out there and stopped, and you saw blood pouring. And then she just stand there for, like, one minute, and then she ran off right next to the woods, and then she just stand there for about maybe 10 minutes, I think. No, dude, no. Ten seconds. Try ten seconds, maybe. It, it was closer to, like, a minute. You think no. so? Anyway, she was uh, just standing there, and then she finally tips over. Yeah. 
dude, you, you shot her hard out and heck of a shot at the shot. Like I said, 25, 30 yards, pushing 30, I'd say. And he shoots and just tucks it that low heart shot. Bam. And just, she jumps, mule kicks. I mean, then back in, come up over her head and just, just kicked out big time. She runs out there, and again, those first few bounds, you can just see the. We're shooting a rage broadhead, and you guys can hate on rage all you want to, but little dude shooting this crossbow with a rage on it, I mean, it just lit that heart up. She runs out there, and those first few bounds, you just see blood just going, just every bound, you see blood just pouring out of her. She runs out there and stops, and then, you know, just how they do. They stop for a second, and then she. Realized she couldn't feel her legs anymore, or whatever. She starts darting back towards the woods because she ran immediately. She ran toward the truck, run right toward the truck. Mm-hmm. I thought, perfect. And then she got a little lightheaded or whatever it was, and she started running back towards the right, towards the woods. She got up there and stopped and about to, or started to slow down. And when she did that back end, just flipped down and she did a spin and, and just hit the ground right there. Just, I know you said a minute, but no, dude, it was like seconds and uh, 10, 15 seconds, hits the ground. Rolls up and we're five and high five and hooping and hollering and having a big time. And then she stands back up. She gets up and she stands there for, she may stand there for another 10 seconds. I don't know. Tries to get back up, stands there. And I could look out there. I could see that red blood pouring out, man. Crimson just hitting the ground. And then that's it. She tipped over, laid down. That was game over. And uh, it's pretty wild, man. She did, she did what we always say, like a death moan, like a black bear. You've ever black bear hunted some of these? Black bears. I've never heard. I've killed a handful of black bears, and they've never done the death moan. And uh, but this this old doe, she did that. What did it sound like, Remy? Can you like, I guess just the air leaving them lungs. She went. It was kind of crazy. I don't guess mm-hmm. I've ever heard that, but pretty cool deal. First doe of the year for you, and um, it was all good, man. It was so cool to see. We were fired up. That was your first tree stand kill. And uh, the cool thing about it was that you, you shot it from the tree that Aiden had just been in the day or two before. Aiden, how does it make you feel when your little brother goes in and cleans it up for you? Well, it's kind of tough, uh, you know, going to the spot and then he kills a deer. But, you know, that night after that was when I saw the big eight. So, That's you know. That's right. I guess you just got to be out there in the right time. Right place, right time, and just be there. That's that's the name of the game. A lot of guys are like, oh, I didn't see anything last night. Who cares? Last night was last night. You don't worry about last night. Tonight's a new night. That's exactly what it was. We only saw that one doe, and I'm sure there were other deer in there staging and hanging out and whatever, but we knew, hey, we didn't disrupt nothing and certainly didn't you know, jack up the big buck, and so we went in the next night. That's when you saw that big eight-pointer, and uh, very next night almost killed it. So that was two nights in a row. It, Almost, almost happened right there in that corner pocket. And uh, just a, that's a fun spot. Like I said, we'll probably hunt there for the youth hunt this year. Good hunts there. We've always killed deer there. Just a really, really fun spot. Easton's killed them there. Remy killed you. Remy, you killed what? Is that where you killed in that field? Yeah. That was where you killed your first what? The, my first buck. The first three-pointer. Your first deer, period, was uh, three years ago. I think this was three years ago this year. I think you were, I know you were six. And so, yeah, three years ago. The same field, and uh, we were further down the field. But that's where you shot your your little three pointer with the AR. Avery likes to say she was six, but she was seven when she killed. No, her. yeah, she tries to say she killed her first at six, but it was seven. So good times, great, great, great few hunts there in that field. Oh, uh, let's see. Last week, 
Got to punch another tag. Uh, killed another doe last week, I guess it was. Uh, we've hunted some public land. Aiden and I have been going to some public spots just to take some pressure off of our private pieces we've got. We've got a lot of public land um, that we try to take advantage of, and, and there's a lot of people that hunt, you know, public, and uh, I think, you know, YouTube's to uh, thank or to blame, whatever you want to call it, you know, for some of this extra pressure we see on public hunting grounds these days. It used to be that everybody badmouthed public hunting, you know, and now it seems like that's the cool thing to do. And uh, if you can't kill deer, uh, if you're not finding success where you are, you can just go to public hunting ground and say, hey, I'm not killing anything, but it's because I'm hunting public. You know, that's kind of a crutch. A lot of people use that excuse like, well, I'm, I'm, I hunt public. That's why I don't kill nothing. And that's a bunch of bull. Because, man, there's some great public hunting opportunities. You just got to get to it. Uh, but we've taken advantage of some of that, some some of our favorite spots that we go. And Aiden and I have been doing that a little bit, trying to get Aiden into the saddle this year and – uh, some tree stand he's he's hunted you know set position stands we've got lock-ons ladder stands different things and climb up got the hunter safety system the lifeline so it's always in place and those are great but when we hunt these public pieces of ground i've i've really had to get him kind of dialed into the saddle setup and and we're not hunting high i know some people think man saddle's not the way you want to start a kid off climbing up but we're talking six eight feet off the ground you know just enough to get him up where you see a little bit and um be in a safe position keep it comfortable and so Ada, what what were your first impressions i know last week we went out and got you in the saddle set up i want some brutal on i don't want i don't want the i don't want the youtube sales pitch social media and that stuff I, just your first thoughts on the saddle this would be a good chance to just to give somebody a first impression you loved it you hated it it was comfortable. It was uncomfortable. It squished your balls. What what kind of what was the deal on this thing, as far as the saddle and your first time using it on public land? Oh uh, yeah, it's real sketchy at first, you know, up there, because you're so used to being strapped in and the harness is on you, and yep. instead you just got this one rope, and so it's kind of sketchy at first. But you know, the more comfortable I got, you know, the easier it was to swing around and trust it. Yeah, I, I thought it was really comfortable. You know, I. I had a tree I leaned on, and so it was really nice. But I thought overall that the saddle was really nice, comfortable. It's a lot more comfortable than people think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that was my first thought is that, man, this thing's going to squish you. This thing's going to hurt you. This thing's not comfortable. And everybody's body's, everybody's body is different. You know, I know some people talk about you got to get in saddle shape and get your body used to it, and it'll hurt your hips for the first few times. And I've not experienced that. I honestly have not. Uh, I've got some buddies I hunted with a couple guys, had a cameraman several years ago on a hunt, and I remember him talking like the next day he was bruised just on his hips and, you know, legs just from where he just kind of rubbed him and, and pinched him or whatever, and it just it hit him different. You know, everybody's body is a little bit different, and it's going to impact different people. It's not to say, man, it's comfortable. It didn't hurt me because some people might sit in there and they say, man, this it squished me here, pinched me here, whatever. But for me personally, I, it's not. I've always – found it to be surprisingly comfortable. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like some people will, that it's the most comfortable thing in the world. You know, I've got been hunting out of Summit Viper forever, and it's a big old cushiony seat. You can sit back in it. you got a rail around you. Dude, I can go to sleep in that thing. That's like sitting in a recliner, man. I can put my feet up, and, and I can sit there all day. So for somebody to say that the, the saddle is, is more comfortable than that, I think it's a stretch. Usually when you hear that, that's from somebody that's sponsored by a, a saddle brand, you know, a company or somebody that's getting free gear 
are, are going to tell you that stuff. You don't usually hear that from anybody beyond somebody that's being paid to say that kind of stuff. It's just not as comfortable as a big old cushiony seat you can sit back in like a recliner. That's just crazy to even think of that. I mean, it's it's comfortable and it's got the it's got its redeeming value, but it, it's just not. It's not something you're gonna go up there and sit all day and just be like, man, I just took a nap. I was so, you know, whatever. It's it's just not that deal. But to me, it is surprisingly comfortable. Uh, I really like it. And like you said, when you first climb up there, it's sketchy. Everybody I've ever had tried out and come over to the house here and demo, um, demo the situation, or whatever. They've all said the same thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, you know, learning to trust that rope because you are. You got one rope. You got that one tether rope that's going down to your bridge. And just being able to trust that, knowing that one single rope is is all that's holding me up. That's my lifeline. And, um, yeah, that takes getting used to. But once you learn to trust that rope, once you learn to trust it and realize I'm good, then, dude, it's freedom like nothing else. And I do like that aspect. The fact you can just maneuver, you can slide around that tree, you got a lot of mobility there. And then beyond all that is just the fact that I can head into the woods with that I use a tethered saddle. I've got their little platform. They're one sticks. I mean, those one sticks are a pound a piece. That's the name. One it stands for one pound, or maybe even just a smidge under one pound. And so three sticks is three pounds. And dude, that is an amazing setup. Three pounds of sticks, a little platform that maybe a couple pounds, and I'm in there. And I mean, that's used to somebody used to carrying a twenty pound Summit Viper. Uh, it's just crazy. Take off and go. And so. That was a cool deal, and so that was your first time set up. Again, you're only six, seven, eight feet off the ground, whatever it was. We get up in a beech tree. We love hunting out those beech trees because they'll hold their leaves and stay green, and you got cover in those you know trees, and, and we'll climb up pretty short. You know, I was in a tree, uh, another beech tree, maybe 75 yards from you that morning. And uh, So anyway, we get Aiden in the tree, climb him up, get him in there. I get stuff set up for him, put him in there, just pampering the heck out of you. What? Just daddy getting you set up, taking care of my son, getting him set up, showing all the love. And I was frustrated, thinking, my gosh, it's breaking day. This kid's going to have to learn how to do his own crap. i got to get out of here. And so I got you set up safe. And I went down the way thinking, I'm going to get hosed this morning. I'm I'm breaking day here. And hadn't even got to, I didn't even know where I was going to go. I had a kind of an idea of the area, but didn't have a tree in mind. I go down to the far end of the place, about, like I said, 75 yards from you. In this little chunk of woods, acorns dropping, white oaks all up in there. And I'm walking, looking for a tree, and there's deer blowing. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, we just blew the hunt up here. Deer blowing at me, breaking day. Finally find a little beech tree, get up in it. And I probably wasn't 10 foot off the ground either. Like I said, I stayed low too just to stay down the branches, stay concealed. And, um, again, we're hunting little beech trees that are tiny. I mean, you know, they're not even – I don't know, six, eight inches diameter maybe. I don't know what they are. They're, they're very thin, so you can't get high or you get up there to where you're shaking that whole tree. But finding these little trees, man, great cover, <clears throat> and it happened on this morning. And so I put you in the spot where we'd been seeing deer every day the last couple of times, and uh, I was sitting, so I put you in there. Sure enough, I get over there my own side, doing my own thing, trying to get away from you, and the deer all show up on my side. And so – it was a uh, cool little deal. I'm sitting there, and again, I'm I'm ten foot off the tree, off the ground in the tree. Look to my right, and here's deer, and they're coming. And this doe comes right underneath me, right underneath me. And I thought, I'm gonna eat her up. I'm just gonna light her up. She's right here. She's gonna come out of my left side, strong side out of that saddle. I thought this is gonna be great. And then I got to thinking, man, 
I need to just let this deer go on to Aiden. She's walking right towards Aiden. Aiden's sitting in the hot feed tree over there. And I'm just going to let her go on. you believe that, Remy? Did I just let a deer go on the way to, to Aiden? No, never. Not a chance. Truth be told, she kind of was walking straight away from me, and I tried to stop her, and she wouldn't stop. And so I let her walk on. And uh, I don't think I even told Aiden that. This truth is coming out. Really? You, you thought I, was, I just let her walk straight to you, didn't I? I thought you did. Yeah, well... I may or may not have tried to stop her, and she just kept walking straight away. And so it's going to be one of those shooter up the keyhole uh, shots. And I decided no, I ain't shooting her up the tailpipe. So she wouldn't stop. And I thought, you know, just let her go. Let her go. She's walking right to Aiden. So she goes and walks straight over to Aiden's tree. He's headed over there. Like I said, she's headed over there 75 yards all. And I thought, Aiden's going to have the chance. Here's his shot, his opportunity. And then I hear more deer coming. And here come her two little ones, or here come two little ones, and they walk right up underneath me. And I look back out the corner of my eye, and I see two more big does. And I thought, my gosh, we got a whole pile of deer here. And they're all right there, and I'm just I'm just froze up. And, I mean, at the height I'm at, 10 feet, I mean, you're 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 looking at those deer more, more like eye-level kind of stuff. You know, you're looking at them eyeball to eyeball, and you try not to blink. I always just squint my eyes because I don't want them seeing me. You know, my eyes flashing or anything, and so I'm just kind of squinting at them, giving them a mean face and looking out of the corner of my hoodie. And they're all just standing there, 10, 12 yards, two big does, two little ones right underneath me, and one big doe headed right to Aiden. And so I froze. I'm thinking, I ain't moving. I'm not going to spin. I can't spin around in the saddle, get over there. They're on my weak side, on that right side. I thought, just freeze. Let them all go. Little ones are going under. And they're all just sitting there. And, I mean, it must have been several minutes go by, and we're all just froze. And I'm thinking, Aiden's got to be shooting. Aiden's got to be shooting. That big doe's headed right to him. On the trail, headed right to Aiden. Nothing. And I'm just like, dang, dude, what's going on? What's going on? Aiden, what happened? When you looked up, saw a deer, what was the deal? Or did you even see you, you never saw that one, did you? didn't see it or hear it, so well, I don't know what happened. Why Why do you think you didn't see it or hear it? What, well, what, was, what had occupied your mind, body, soul, and spirit at that time to make you not see this deer that walked right up in your business? Well, on my side of the story, I don't think that deer got anywhere close enough to see me <laughs> but i had my phone with me and i was on it probably scrolling through instagram or something you think and so i guess periodically scrolling just off and on periodically scrolling looking at instagram looking at the girls on instagram nope. the, the deers the big buck pictures and stuff like that yeah you better not be checked leave them little cute girls alone let them do their thing could have been asleep all them girls just posting selfies you need to be looking at them Deer pictures and stuff the boys post. But, yeah, he could have been asleep. But the bottom line is Aiden doesn't think the deer came anywhere close to it. I, I know for a fact because I saw the deer and watched it walk out of sight, and I thought, man, we're only 75 yards. And I've watched this deer walk 50 yards right towards him. So you do the math there, and that would put her 25 yards or so of you, and she kind of walked even closer to that. So I'm thinking, man, this deer lit you up all over on your backside. I bet you – I think she's walked up behind you, I think, because you were faced, you were, you were anchored into that beech tree, had your back towards me pretty much, right, on that particular setup. So she just walked up behind you and probably caught you, never, never, uh, you know, you never saw her because she came right straight up behind you. And those deer, a lot of people think, man, I didn't hear it coming, I didn't hear it crunching leaves, and I, I heard it this morning. I mean, those deer can slip in on you, even in these dry, crunchy leaves, and be in bow range, be at 15, 20 yards, and you not even know they're in the world. And so... Anyway, 
this doe heads to Aiden. I give give him the green light and say, you know, hey, this one's yours, buddy. This is a freebie from Dad. You can just have this one. Let it walk to Aiden. And, and then, like I said, a couple minutes later, all of a sudden, here she comes. I look up through the woods, and she's running right at me. Just running right to me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, here we go. So I grab my bow off the peg. She's running right at me. I just forget about these other deer. They're 12 yards from me. Just standing there. I know they're going to see me, but who cares at this point? Because here comes a doe running right at me on my left side. Grab my bow, come to full draw. I hear those deer just scattering the leaves. And this doe that's coming from Aiden runs up, and I start, you know, giving her the mank. And I'm like, mank. Nothing. She keeps running around. And I finally go, hey, hey, hey. And she stops at eight yards, maybe 10, standing there, frontal shot. And I know everybody's like, don't shoot the frontal shot. But, man, at eight yards, I've, I've, I've lit them up on that shot, and it's as nasty as it gets. And I shot that sucker right in the chest eight steps from the base of my tree, standing there looking for me, yelling at her. And she's turned and ran right back over towards Aiden, and it was awesome. I see blood pouring out of her, arrow sticking out of her chest, fletching's deep. Runs back over there towards Aiden's spot, kind of somewhere between us, and I hear her crash, and I thought, my gosh, man, that is a – sweetest thing in the world the deer bust off aiden i shoot her she runs over and dies right in front of aiden it was just an incredible incredible morning and a learning lesson for aiden on that old phone you know we talk about it all the time the phone social media is gonna be the downfall of society it's just no good i mean there's some good stuff that comes from it we love it we use it for marketing and spreading the word and, and even things like this podcast there's some good but man it's gonna be some crap that comes from social media and people are so full of themselves the whole name selfie drives me crazy all these people taking selfies and posting pictures of themselves every five minutes but let me tell you this it will also hurt your hunting you get up there and you sit in that tree stand, you're scrolling Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and all the stuff to help pass the time. I know it helps pass the time. I'm guilty of it myself. But, dude, it will cost you deer. And there's no doubt in my mind that deer slid up on Aiden. He was up there hanging out on his phone, not paying quite as much attention. She busts him, runs back to me, takes it to the chest, and it was an awesome thing. And so Aiden might have been just a little bitter on that one. Um, he was He was proud for me, so he says. He even he even was kind enough to carry my deer out for me and uh, drag it out. Did I make you do that? Or did you do that on your I'm own? Pretty sure you made me drag I it. Made out you for do you. that. That's nice. You do for an old man. And so I told him it's price to pay, man. Miss out on an opportunity, and then you're gonna have to run some laps. You know, in the whitetail version of running laps, since you had to drag the deer out. And so he's a good boy, uh, a young stud. And I thought, man, I'll let him drag this one to the car for me. And so he did. It was an awesome thing. Great hunt, great morning, and we're still after it. So a couple does, three does in the freezer. We got some meat in there to cut up. We're going to do some grinding here in just a bit and uh, awesome stuff. So we're starting to switch folks, man. These these bucks are in that seeking phase, chasing, looking. And uh, so it's kind of start time to start switching gears and uh, go from shooting these does to wait on those bucks. And I say that every year, but uh, truth be told, that's why I love bow hunting because I'll shoot those does. If they come in there without a man on their tail, I'll shoot the doe too and um, just keep slinging. Those bows make it nice. You can shoot does and just keep trucking and not mess up your, your deer hunting, your buck hunting. I mean, I think about it last year. You know, I shot that doe, and then the buck comes in and tries to breed her. Like I shot her, and she's standing out there getting sick, and we talked about this one, wobbly. And she kind of squats down in the back end because she's about to die. And that buck thinks he's squatting for her to breed her. He comes over there and breeds her all the way to the ground, breeds her to death, literally. 
awesome stuff. And so I have no problem shooting does all the way through. Anytime's a great time to shoot a doe. So we're going to stay after it. Hey, one thing I want to wrap up with that we're going to finish with is this is cool. Remy, you remember we did the, the deer hunt. We yeah. talked about our deer hunt out in South Carolina. I remember you showed me this. This is a pretty cool deal. Tell tell everybody really quickly about South Carolina, what you saw on that deer hunt we did, the muzzleloader hunt, your first muzzleloader hunt. We were in South Carolina a couple weeks ago. What deer did you see on that? Tell us about what you saw that morning. So uh, we were in the blind, and Easton was like, there's two deer. And I was like, he's joking. He always jokes with us. But he, yeah. he's like, seriously, there's two deer. And I was like, whatever. And there was two deer back down there. And uh, What were they? You remember what they, they were? One was like a four-pointer, which was, but surprisingly was smaller than the two-pointer. Yeah, so there was a little four-pointer, had a little fork. He's a little forky, four-pointer. And then there was another one that had a fork on one side and a spike on the other. He was what we call a three-pointer. Just old, good old South Carolina three-pointer. It looked, and, it looked like uh, the first deer I have yeah, shot. Yeah, exactly. Fork on one side, spike on the other. And we... Let those deer go, right? You were chomping at the bit. You wanted to kill one, and, and I, I love that. You were ready to shoot. Easton's like, nah, I don't, I'm going to let those go. And we made the decision to let them go because, one, it was early in the morning. We thought surely a bigger and better buck's going to come out or, you know, something bigger than what you've shot. And we thought, you know, two, we were on some property that was property for the CTO. You remember? Yes, The sir. CTO program, and this whole CTO program is all about taking kids hunting, getting these kids their first deer. And we knew in the weeks ahead, after our hunt, there'd be some kids coming for their first deer. And so we thought, you know what? We don't need to shoot these young bucks. They're smaller than some deer you've already killed. And it'd be a great chance to let that deer walk for somebody else to hunt and get their first deer. And that's not fun to do, is it, to pass up a buck? No. no. You were you were a little bit. I, I just wanted to shoot it with a muzzleloader. Yeah, you just wanted to get one kill with a muzzleloader. And I understand that. And I love that. And hindsight, you know, sitting there and think, man, I should have let him shoot. Because couple hours later, we're sitting there. We never saw any more deer. We're thinking, man, I wish we'd have shot those deer now. We should have gone and got them. But here's the cool thing. I got this message from Jason Mitchell the other day. Jason was our host out there. He's the one that's in uh, heads up. He's the outfitter guy for this program, this ministry called CTO, um, Cross Trail Outfitters. He sends me this picture, this little dude with a buck. And we'll post this picture later on. It, it's a pretty cool deal. But he sends his kid, this you know, picture of this kid with his buck. And he says, hey, tell, tell Easton and Remy that one of those boys looking for his first ever deer struck gold in old Saskatchewan blind. That's where we were. We were hunting Saskatchewan blind. And he said this kid was looking for his first deer ever, and he struck gold in old Saskatchewan sight. He said, might have been one they let walk. Gabe comes from a single-parent home his dad left years ago. He started hunting with us over a year ago but struggled with shooting. He got over it and got dialed in this year. Jeff and I sat with him Saturday morning on his first ever hunt with a gun, and God blessed us. He is one happy camper. And so, man, I look at this picture. You guys can see it. We'll post it. But that's Gabe. And Gabe is a kid that killed his first deer out of the blind. We were in, Remy. And so you, you pass that deer up, hoping some other kid might have the opportunity. You might have been doing it a little begrudgingly. Uh, but you pass that deer up so somebody else could have their chance. And there's a kid that did it right there. You're looking at it on my phone, Remy. That's Gabe. And Gabe, he, the guy says, comes from a tough home situation. He's sitting there with his mom. His mom's on her own. Dad left, went off and left him, left his mama and left his son. Can you imagine that? Your your dad or your mom leaving leaving home and just said, hey, the heck with you kids. I'm out of here. I don't care about your mama. I don't care about you. I'm gone. 
and they leave their family. And man, that happens all over. There's so many kids that mom has left, dad's left, and just dad's run off, and and mom's left to raise that kid on her own. And that's what this program, the CTO program, is about so much is taking some of these kids from some from single parent homes. Mom's on her own; she has no clue how to teach a kid to hunt, to fish, and so that's what this program's about. That's what we do a lot of, right? That's what our programs are about teaching teaching these kids that want to hunt, want to learn to do it. Uh, but nobody's there to teach them. And uh, so I, I love these single moms that are trying to do everything they can. They're trying to work. They're trying to raise their kids. And they reach out to a program like CTO and say, hey, I need some help. And, and CTO takes a little Gabe out, and he kills his first deer. And that's such a cool deal. A deer that, Rimbo, you let go several weeks ago. Maybe you didn't let it go, but we made you let it go And uh, on the muzzleloader hunt. And then this kid kills his first deer. So an awesome thing. So, Remy, I'm proud of you letting this deer walk for somebody else to take advantage of it. You, are you proud of that now after seeing the rest of the story? Kind of. Kind of? Kind of. A little bit. You're still a little bit jealous of Gabe. I see. I see. Well, dude, I love you. I'm proud of you. Aiden, happy birthday, man. I love you a bunch. We are so excited for you. You are a awesome dude, and it's been really cool to see. I look back at hunting pictures. I was looking at pictures back today and just seeing how you've turned into my little hunting boy to a man now you're my hunting man i mean just a uh a stud of a dude you're as tall as me now and it's just crazy how time's flown by you're 17 and uh we're still hunting more now harder than ever before and it's kind of fun now i mean it's it's always been fun but now you're you're getting to do it like a man you know you're getting into the tree stand stuff and and you know hunting from the ground and pound the ground pound and then just doing all the stuff and it's cool to see and and you know more of a hunting buddy, you know, more than I've ever had before. Like I said, it's always been me guiding you guys as kids. Now it's like, hey, man, you go hunt over there. I'm going to hunt over here, and we'll have on X out. And you're you're dropping pins, and I'm dropping pins to you, and I say, hey, here's your spot. You can take off and go. I've got to stand right here, and you go in and go. You just follow the on X pin, and you're making tracks. And I saw this morning you're over there making spots and leaving spots and making tracks to where you want to be next and all that stuff. And so it's cool to see how you've grown as a man, but more than anything, as a, as a godly dude, I love how uh, you love the Lord and you are diligent in studying the Bible and reading and taking notes when you hear the preacher talking, and, and that stuff is a big blessing to me. So I love you. Happy birthday. Happy 17th birthday. We're going to have a big time this evening. So we'll wrap this one up. I know Remy's thinking, dang, that's over 30 minutes, Dad. You promised just 30 minutes. He's over counting on his fingers, saying we've got to shut this one down. So, friends, Family, listening, we thank you so much for your time, and we do appreciate you hanging out with us each week to hear the story and to hear what was going on with the Swisher crew. Thanks for listening to the Hunting Roots podcast. Be sure to spread the word this week. Tell somebody about it. Invite somebody to come hang out listen to what's going on each week right here. We'll hope to see you back next time. Shoot straight. God bless.